0: If you're loving the Bible Brief, will you take just a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? We're having hundreds of people every week try out the show, and we want you to help even more discover the Bible Brief. Potential listeners depend upon your reviews to learn why they should listen. So, will you do us a favor? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Join the cause to help the world learn the life changing story and message of the Bible. Today, Yahweh's presence moves from the top of Mount Sinai into the middle of the nation as the Israelites complete the great tabernacle for God on The Bible Brief. Want more Bible learning content like this? Sign up for our newsletter and follow us on social media. Links are in the show notes to this episode. Something is being built at the bottom of Mount Sinai. And it's not another golden calf. This is bigger, much bigger, and it requires much more skill to make. It's beginning to look like a structure of sorts. You might call it a tent, but not like the other tents in the camp of Israel. To build this tent, blue, purple, and red yarns are required. Quality woods like acacia are being sought. And metals like gold, silver, and bronze are needed. Fine linens are being made. Ram and goat skins are being prepared. But the tent is not all that's being built. New clothing is also being made. Clothing for Aaron and for his sons. Special robes made of these fine yarns and linens, with fine jewels woven into the clothing. This fine clothing will be used in this large tent structure being constructed. They've been working for months on this building project. A project that Moses came to them with after he again went up to God to receive a new copy of the Ten Commandments stone tablets. Moses had broken the first set of tablets when the people had broken the covenant with the golden calf. And with this new set of tablets, it was as if God was giving them another opportunity. When these new tablets were made, God had said to Moses, Yahweh. Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression of sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. With these new tablets, God was demonstrating that he could have wiped out the Israelite camp for their covenant violation but he was instead being gracious toward them. Not overlooking their sin, but seeing it, and yet being kind to them and giving them another opportunity for obedience. But this obedience would be especially difficult, because as we saw through the book of Genesis, the sins of the fathers often show up in the lives of the sons. We haven't seen the last of Israel's idolatry. With these new stone tablets of the Ten Commandments, Moses returns to the camp after another 40 days and 40 nights on Mount Sinai with God. As you can imagine, this return from the top of the mountain doesn't have the same character as the first time he came down. The people have learned their lesson. But Moses himself is also different from the last time. As he comes down from the mountain, the people can't bear to look at him in the face. Apparently, these interactions with God have caused something of a brightness and a shining appearance on the face of Moses so that the people fear to even look at him. For the sake of the people, Moses begins to wear a sort of veil to obscure his face's bright appearance from speaking with God. When God's glory rubs off on a person, others take notice. It's in this new veiled state that Moses comes before the whole people of Israel and commands this building project that they have embarked upon. Commands that he himself was given from God, according to a plan and pattern that God provided. Let's read in Exodus 35, starting in verse 4. Moses said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns, and fine twined linen... Goat's hair, tanned ramskins and goatskins, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones and stones for setting. And later we read this, Then all the congregation of the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him, and everyone whose spirit moved him, and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the holy garments. So they came, both men and women, all who were of a willing heart, brought brooches and earrings and signet rings and armlets, all sort of gold objects, every man dedicating an offering of gold to the Lord. And everyone who possessed blue or purple or scarlet yarns or fine linen or goat's hair or tanned ramskins skins or goat skins brought them. Everyone who could make a contribution of silver or bronze brought it as the Lord's contribution. And every one who possessed acacia wood of any use in the work brought it. And every skilful woman spun with her hands, and they all brought what they had spun in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. All the women whose hearts stirred them to use their skill spun the goat's hair. And the leaders brought onyx stones and stones to be set, and spices and oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. All the men and women, the people of Israel, whose heart moved them to bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a free will offering to the Lord. You can see how committed the people of Israel are to God in the completion of this structure and associated vestments. They are bringing their wealth to God, day after day, so that this great structure is completed. Forty days prior, they had seen the swift judgment of God and simultaneously experienced the mercy of God in sparing the nation. And now they were committed. So committed, in fact, that Moses has to ask them to stop giving to the project. And Moses called Bezalel, and Oholiab, and every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come to do the work. And they received from Moses all the contribution that the people of Israel had brought for doing the work on the sanctuary. And they still kept bringing him freewill offerings every morning so that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came each from the task that he was doing and said to Moses, the people bring much more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave command and word was proclaimed throughout the camp. Let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing for the material that they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. The people of Israel were committed to doing this wonderful work for God. They were giving and giving and giving until Moses made them stop. Now you may ask yourself, what is this building project for? Why is this tent so important, and why did God command the people to build it? Well, God says it like this to Moses in Exodus chapter 29, verse 43 and following. He says, at the tent I will meet with the people of Israel, and it will be sanctified by my glory. I will make holy the tent of meeting in the altar. Aaron also and his sons I will set apart to serve me as priests. I will dwell among the people of Israel, and will be their God. And they shall know that I am Yahweh their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I might dwell among them. I am Yahweh their God." God commands this tent construction so that he may dwell among his people, the people that he brought out of Egypt, and the people that he will bring into the promised land of Canaan. This tent is to be the place where he will dwell, not on a mountain above them, but in a tent in the midst of them. What's interesting about this tent is that it contains incredible reminders of the very beginning of the Bible. One noted Old Testament scholar observes these things. Just as the creation of the world in Genesis 1 contains seven acts of God where we read, and God said, before the creation of new things, so here in the instructions for this tent, each of the seven acts of instruction is preceded by the words, and Yahweh said. It's as if God is doing a sort of miniature new creation here with the tent. But that's not all, because this tent of meeting has a center to it that comes to be called the Holy of Holies. And this Holy of Holies comes to reflect the Garden of Eden in the midst of the grand creation that God had made. In this small room of the tent, gold is prominent, and precious stones are utilized, both descriptors of the garden in Genesis chapter 2. But notably, the exclusive place of God's presence in this room is symbolically guarded by two gold cherubim angels just like the ones that guarded the tree of life in the garden after the sin of Adam and Eve. God is doing something special with this tent. While He will use it to dwell in the midst of His people, He also uses it as a picture of separation from the people. Not just anyone could enter this tent. In fact, entrance to the tent was extremely exclusive. An entrance into the Holy of Holies required blood. Demonstrating the need for atonement coverings for anyone who would approach God's presence. God will be in the midst of the people, but he will be set apart from the people nonetheless. This tent would provide a picture of God's graceful presence while simultaneously showing his utter holiness, requiring perfection to approach him. Now there in the Holy of Holies was also the most important piece of equipment in the entire structure. There was a chest of sorts called the Ark of the Covenant, It was a wooden chest overlaid with gold in which the tablets of the Ten Commandments would rest, a constant reminder of the holiness of God and His laws He'd given to the people of Israel. Just on top of this ark, between those two cherubim, was the place where God would dwell. Within the tent, behind the layers of curtains, in this room, God was there in a symbolic garden. The life and joy of the garden was where God was, but no one could stay there. No one was qualified to stay there with God. This is the lesson of the tabernacle tent, a lesson taught to every Israelite who looked upon the tent but couldn't enter it because of their sin. After months of preparation and building and sewing and fashioning, this tabernacle was completed. The tent was finished, and the people brought their work to Moses. Let's read in Exodus 39, starting in verse 33. They brought the tabernacle to Moses, the tent and all its utensils, its hooks, its frames, its bars, its pillars, and its bases, the covering of tanned ram skins and goat skins, and the veil of the screen, the ark of the covenant with its poles and the mercy seat, the table with all its utensils and the bread of the presence, the lampstand of pure gold and its lamps with the lamp set and all its utensils, and oil for the light, the golden altar and the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense, and the screen for the entrance of the tent, the bronze altar and its grating of bronze, its poles and all its utensils, the basin and its stand, the hangings of the court, its pillars and its bases, and the screen for the gate of the court, its cords and its pegs, and all the utensils for the service of the tabernacle, for the tent of meeting." the finely worked garments for ministering in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons for their service as priests. According to all that the Lord had commanded Moses, so the people of Israel had done all the work. And Moses saw all the work, and behold, they had done it, as the Lord had commanded, so they had done it. Then Moses blessed them. Everything had been prepared. All was ready and set up. And just as God blessed creation on the seventh day after all was complete, so here Moses blesses all the work done according to the commandment of Yahweh. And soon, the cloud atop of Mount Sinai moves to a new location. A location to be with the people of Israel. We finally read this to close the book of Exodus. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. god is with his people and this picture of the tabernacle tent is a picture that only gains clarity as we move through the bible especially 1500 years later when jesus is born in a little town in the land of canaan it's no coincidence that the gospel of john includes these words about the incarnation of jesus the word became flesh and tabernacled among us Join us next time as we explore how Jesus relates to this tabernacle in the camp of the Israelites. We'll answer the question, how is the tent of Jesus better than the tent of Israel? The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023.